bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 2, Episode 26, You Have More to Offer. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Jesse, a.k.a. Cypher, a.k.a. You Get It. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of this here podcast that you're listening to. If you feel like you're being more productive when you listen to this, you should listen more. That's right. Frog from NS, or I should say at Frog from NS. Thank you so much for the shout out on Twitter earlier today. Said, listening to at BSM pod while working has made me much more productive, TBH. Highly recommended if you're interested in melee stories and have an hour or two to kill. Hey, I'm all about helping people kill hours, so let's go, Frog. Woo! Thank you for the shout-out. Now, let's get to this interview with Nathan. We'll have more things to talk about. Nathan Sandwich, I mean, excuse me. We'll have more things to talk about when we're done. Okay, see you soon. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I'm so happy to be joined by Nathan Sandwich, who does all kinds of things within the melee sphere, hopefully all of which we're going to be able to get into. Nathan, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to join along. And I feel the the first thing that we have to say is that we were both able to hear, listen. I got to record, I should say. You got to listen to the episode with Brandon Shiggles and Jade for the Rollback Rumble team, but they were definitely quick to give you shout outs and love. And I got to read some of the nice things you had to say about them back to them that they live reacted to on that podcast episode because you actually help with Rollback Rumble events. And I just want to make sure that we're, we're all clear here in the sense of you definitely contributing in times where Brandon or Jade, especially during the TO side of things on a particular event or what have you if they have to step out they'd like trust you to step in and to sort of handle things while they're out and then coming back in all that kind of stuff you do so much for rollback rumble so i wanted to start off with that and say it's super cool because i love the rollback rumble series and you make it you make it hum so thank you nathan uh, that's that's very very kind words uh they're just wonderful people i think that's the first thing i could say I and mean, i think i think what i uh, what i wrote I mean, I wrote that basically just straight from the heart. Um, I mean, I, I just can't really say enough. You know, they've, they've treated me with such great things to allow me to grow. So, I mean, they, um, I mean, it's just one of the many reasons why I stick around. It's kind of, I'm still trying to process the words just at the moment, too, because, you know, just uh, they, mean, they mean a lot to me, too. I mean, I mean, it's definitely something we'll dive into detail, but it's just, uh, yeah, they, they, they mean a lot. And, uh, yeah, I'm blessed. So before we continue to dive more into present day things, I am very excited to hear about the origin story with you and Melee, how you first got in and how Melee gave you that that tug in the heart. So you want to start back at the beginning for you and Melee? Oh, boy, yeah, definitely. Um, uh, I mean, I grew up playing Melee, actually. I mean, just casually. I think I got Melee... Maybe when I was five or six, six years old or something like that. I mean, around like 2004, 2005. Um, and uh, I, I played with my brother casually for, I mean, a, lo- a long period of time. I still actually do have that same GameCube too with uh, my same copy of Melee to this day. But I played, I mean, I played casually with my brother. We go back and forth and, you know, just just casual matches too like uh 
we both like Link uh, when we played, and uh, we would do like Link Dittos or Link versus Young Link. Uh, I liked playing Mario casually as well. Um, you know, I was definitely like a completionist type of kid too, so I tried to get all the trophies, you know, get all the uh, all the achievements, or whatever, all the notices, beat all the events, beat classic mode on the hardest difficulty, all that stuff. You know, I was definitely kind of like just you know your your average like completionist, you know, casual gamer um, when it came to melee. But as far as competitive melee goes. I would say around around 2012, um, and I think I was about like 13, uh, 13 or 14 at the time, I I had like a vague sort of like idea of what Melee was, but I didn't really think too much into it. I think I saw maybe, I saw some sort of Melee set. I want to say it may have been actually a Revival of Melee Match 4 uh, between Mewtwo King and DeShizwiz. Mm. I want to say I could... I could be wrong about that, um, but I just I saw a set too, and I saw how they were moving. You know, they were doing way dashes and stuff like that. Way dashes out of shield. I was like, oh my god, are these these guys hacking the game or what is this? <laughs> that was my first thought when it came to mind. And um, when I uh, I didn't really think too much about it at the time. I tried learning like you know to do those things they were doing on screen to not really <laughs> not really successfully. Um, but, uh, it wasn't really until 2014 when I found out about Smashboards that I found out about, you know, competitive Melee, uh, and it was actually interesting, too, because, um, I actually didn't find out Melee through the documentary, I found it through Smashboards first, because I just wasn't really in a good state of mind as a person, you know, in, uh, in 2014, you know, and in my sophomore year of high school, you know, the typical high school blues or whatever, you know, just figuring out your social life. And I just, I wasn't really happy just as a person, I'll be honest. And I just thought like on a whim, you know, I, I had wanted, you know, my brother always had beaten me uh, in Melee a lot of times. Um, and I was like, you know what, I, I just want to find, you know, I guess I'll just figure out how to beat my brother. I just, I just kind of just did, you know, it's that sibling rivalry sort of thing. And I found out about Smashboards and I found the 2006 YouTube video, uh, Advanced How to Play by Whack. And uh, it showed, like, wade dashing, L-canceling, your basic advanced techniques when it came to Melee. And, um, I, you know, I learned that stuff, you know, on LCD TV, you know, which is surprising. I didn't actually get a CRT until, like, a year later. But um, I, <laughs> I learned that, and uh, I found out in my junior year, at the beginning of my junior year of high school, that there was a video game club or a gaming club. And uh, my best friend from high school, who I met at the time, uh, Malcolm, uh, uh, Brandon, homemade waffles knows who that is too. Malcolm, he goes by, go. It used to go by the tag mainly by the tag Rapid, but I think he goes by Wacko Master Nine now. But he's changed the tag multiple times. But uh, shouts to Malcolm. He was the president and runner of the gaming club, and he also played melee as well. And we had kind of uh, this small group of folks um, that kind of you know started kind of getting into the scene a bit. Um, we started playing each other just at the uh, at the video game club during lunch breaks and then after schools when we'd hold uh, meetings there or like after we'd hold meetings we'd uh, go and play melee afterwards and then uh, we found out actually about tournaments uh, we had Malcolm found out about a tournament SSBM trial two which does actually tie into what I mentioned in my entry uh, with uh, Brandon Homemade Waffles so um and that was actually my first tournament. We found out about that, and it was 
September 2014 when it happened. Um, we found out like you know we I had vaguely knew of the of the melee community at the time, or like the, the, some of the folks involved. Like I knew about I think Shroomed at the time Dewan. Um, and then I knew about I knew about Homemade Waffles uh, Brandon at the time too because uh, because he was like the voice of the Wombo combo too like because you know that was like a that was like viral on the internet well, let's be honest that was definitely viral on the internet but um, I knew about him and a couple other folks um, and so when we went to the tournament too I was a 16 year old kid at the time you know just didn't really know what I was getting into I was like oh it's a tournament you know I'll just go there my friends are going and um, it was just a, it was a great experience. It went so much better than I expected, and a lot of people were uh, really just really nice. Um, it was neat because it was kind of like a semi formal sort of tournament, so we all dressed really nicely too. Um, I got to talk to I mean the, the folks that really just like that made a really good first impression on this community and feeling like I'd feel welcomed was actually uh, PPU uh, Kevin Toy PPU um, Suzar- uh, Suzaria Susie. Um, and, uh, shroomed, uh, Dewan himself. We, um, you know, those are the main three, you know, that when I, I talked to, you know, just throughout the tournament too, and they were just, they were just really, really nice. You know, we talked, you know, for a good, like, I don't know, just like, maybe like a brief 20 minutes, you know, I was just, you know, I just was kind of, you know, just figuring out what's up, you know, but it made me feel really welcome that literally, you know, I got a, I got a nice experience from the best of the past. And then I briefly bumped into Brandon to hold my waffles um, along the way, uh, along the way to, I think like towards the end of the tournament, I think I, we just, we said hi. And I was like, you know, I probably said something about the wobble combo or whatever. So, something just like, it's something probably just, you know, little, it's something goofy or whatever. Cause I was still kind of like in that fanboy ish state at the time where I was like, Oh my God, you know, this is home my waffles, you know, this, this big, this big figure in the community, you know, voice of the Wombo combo, whatever, you know, I still had a bit of, like, that fanboy sense in me, if you should say, but it was really cool, you know, and I had a very nice, positive impression, you know, just from that first tournament. It's amazing to me hearing about how, in your first tournament, you ran into pretty much every notable NorCal player, it sounds like, except for maybe SFAT. I don't know if I heard SFAT's name mixed in with everybody else there, but... That is so cool that your first tournament experience, you're meeting you're meeting top players and like community figureheads and leaders and that sort of thing and having a good experience. I'm sure that it's not 100% that way all the time across all regions. It's just that for for your story, that's super super cool. Like I would have been well, no. I mean, I was so nervous. I didn't even bother trying to go to a tournament at like the age of 16 or whatever, thinking, oh, I could go to one. But I never went <laughs> because I was like, I'm just not going to like, you know, I just talked myself out of it more or less. And that's kind of been my story. But it's so cool to hear that you were uh, brave enough to go, that you went and that you were also given a really, really fun experience and that it was making you say, okay, so... I know where I am with the skill of the game, not where these players are, but they're all really nice and kind of makes me want to come back. That, that's what it sounds like to me of what your first tournament experience was like. Uh, most definitely. I mean, I think every... Uh, this could probably be said for any person that's entered the first tournament. Um, uh, me and my friend Malcolm and our other folks, uh, I, I definitely should shout them out. DeAndre, I think he went by Dante Shepard when he used to play Melee. Uh, Josue, uh, he went by the tag Dupless, and then uh, uh, my friend, uh, Joseph, who went 
uh, who went by the uh, the tag, uh, be je- uh, be jealous. Um, he uh, uh, and then uh, J- uh, my friend Jason Amorosis, and then also his brother Nolan, uh, aka Nolo, I believe is that way he went by. We all had like this impression too, where we were like, oh yeah, you know, we could go and beat these guys or whatever. You know, we had like that sort of, you know. That sort of vibe going in, because, like, we're going to practice really hard, and, you know, we're going to shock the world or whatever. But, you know, it was a nice, you know, reality check, and I'm glad that, uh, I- I'm glad that, it- I'm glad that, like, it happened the way it did. It-, it kind of, like, it was a good way to bring us down to earth. It's like, oh, wait, these folks are actually really darn good at this game, but they're also even better as people. Oh, that's a great line. That's probably going to go on the Twitter post, actually. Or, <laughs> we'll see. So, my first question to you about coming out of that experience, did that motivate you more to be a better player or did you think to yourself, there's another way that I can fit in here or is it really just too much to ask yourself after one tournament? Like, it's really like, I have to go to more of these. Um, I think just at, like at the time, my 16-year-old self, it was just become a better player. I think it was just like a motivation thing. It's like, oh man, you know, uh, we got absolutely wrecked um i remember i played uh alan in pools uh norcal norcal player i played alan in pools uh round robin pools actually and i went i think like one in seven in pools i won like only one set because i was playing against a player that was just as new as me i was a mario main um at the time too because i found him the easiest character to wave dash with (laughs) so i just played mario mario early on but i mean that was like the only set i won is just because you know we were both just new just newbies at the time but like um it was just a nice humbling experience really and uh it just motivated me to be motivated me to be better it's like oh wait we have a long ways to go you know before we can even consider ourselves you know being you know a threat to even like these sort of folks are you know, being any sort of competition to them. So if this is 2014, stuff like 20XX is probably pretty new, that sort of thing. What was your training regimen, if you will, coming back from a tournament like that and after the first few tournaments? like, How would you try to get better? Would you try to find people that you could go to people's houses for smash fests, that sort of thing? Just consider tournament play your only and best practice method what was what was it like for 16 year old nathan (laughs) to try to get better (laughs) at the game at that time i think this is a great lead-in um this is a great lead-in so actually i didn't know about like 20xx and such at the time it was just starting to gain some popularity at the time too still like not a lot of folks um use 20xx if i remember correctly it didn't start like becoming pretty popular until like mid to late 2015 uh when like the punish game i would say like the punish game renaissance happened or i would say like the the rise of the punish game happened so i didn't actually use 20xx much back then um what i actually did is i joined the norcal melee facebook group uh i have such a vivid memory of this too uh, i remember bowback was the it was the admin that approved me uh, shouts to Bobak, absolute genesis, uh, to and legend. Um, but Bobak approved me to, uh, to like you know to, as a member of the Facebook page. I made a post about like, hey, are there any folks in my local area, which is uh the ninety five melee area, which is like uh, the East Bay East Bay area, which is like Concord, Clayton, Walnut Creek, um, Dublin, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and uh, 
my uh my well i'd say my 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 static like one of my stack my static practice partner uh howard kevin made a comment and he was like yeah you know uh where you know do you want us to have a time to play sometime and i found out he lived literally five minutes uh, five minutes from my house um my friend kevin power kevin he uh he lived five minutes from my house so i went over to his house and um as expected i got absolutely just rock rocked you know because i was a total beginner and i think i think kevin had been playing for three years at that point i think he joined around 2011 2012 but um i went to his house too and he gave me like a nice um just introduction of the local community just like around just like around us um we uh what is it um you know like i i had seen the documentary at that time i actually had not seen the documentary before i went to sspm trial too really so like i had yeah i actually did not see the documentary before that i didn't find out about the documentary afterwards that's it wait you're just on smashboards and somehow that how does that how does that happen uh well you can you can explain. I just feel like the documentary is like the lead in. That's the classic around those that time. But you didn't watch it until after you had already dipped in your toes to your first tournament or two. That's that's very interesting to me. Um, it's just I you don't believe it or not. I just I had seen it on like thumbnails here and there, but I, I'm usually like someone that's kind of selective when it comes to like consuming just media or whatever. Really, I'm kind of like very selective or picky if that makes sense. I don't know. I have like this weird just sort of thing, but like. Um, I think, you know, after the first tournament, you know, I saw the Smash Bros. like, you know what? I'll just go and watch this, you know, and it was, you know, it really just kind of hit home, just hit home with me because it was such a niche, you know, and it, I think, uh, at the end of the, a quote from the documentary that still sticks out to me today is something wife said, and it was, um, it was, it was, it's a chance for us to be somebody. And that's what really hit home with me because I felt like, you know, my tag initially was N7S at the time, just n 7 Sovic, you know, because that was just my first and then my favorite number and last name. But then um, I used, uh, I thought like, you know, what would be a good tag? You know, uh, because I was thinking like an actual tag. And um, I actually used to do online uh, sim racing, actually, uh, like uh, NASCAR Racing 2003 and iRacing. And uh, for some reason or whatever, I think just folks, they gave me the nickname Nathan Sandwich, I guess, for my driving style or whatever i don't know i can't remember off the top of my head but the nathan sandwich thing just kind of stuck and i thought you know what as kind of like a, a nod to my sim racing roots um let's just have our tag be just nathan sandwich you know i was like oh, let's just be let's be nathan let's be nathan sandwich and you know it, it's kind of like a neat origin of the tag and uh i mean it's very interesting of how folks you know just like today as i've gotten more well known have played on the tag but you know it's it's actually neat how the backstory you know kind of it, it emerged pretty much i'd say but uh yeah that's why i thought you know i was like you know, I'll, I'll be nathan sandwich you know we'll we'll see where it goes from there and so i think one way that i could take a stab at guessing your selectiveness with watching stuff on youtube would it have to do with just like you find a niche and you sort of stay within that and it really takes someone just recommending it to you a few times, someone that you like, someone that you would say, oh yeah, I, I like hanging out with that person. They go, oh, you should listen to this or you should watch this. And you go, okay, maybe I'll check it out. As compared to like seeing it pop up on related videos and going, no, nah, that's not for me. Yeah, I'm kind of that type of person. Like if 
Um, I guess like a play, like if you were to say like right now, just like present day, if you were to ask like Jade would recommend me something, I probably listen to them 100%. I'm kind of that type of person. Like if, if it's from like someone that I trust a lot, I probably would check out that source immediately because they usually know like what kind of makes me tick or what's best for me, I guess. Or I wouldn't say what's best for me, but just like, you know, I would like this sort of thing. And that's kind of what I thought with the documentary at the time. It was like, you know, once I had that positive experience of going to my first tournament, I thought, okay, you know what? Let's give this documentary a shot. And that's kind of how it was. I mean, that's kind of how it was. Who did you relate to most in the doc? Or perhaps who did you relate to the most at your first tournament? Um, It's hard to say for my first tournament because I was just, I hadn't seen the documentary yet. Um, and I couldn't really, you know, I was just kind of dipping my feet in, so I couldn't really relate to a lot of folks. Um, it, it's kind of gone by in a blur from that first tournament. I don't remember. I remember some stories from it, but I, I can't remember, like, anyone I specifically related to in particular. But as far as the documentary goes, um, it would be just Beauty King on more so a personal level um, because... Of, like, just, like, some of his, like, sort of social quirks, however, because, I mean, I'm also, like, neurodivergent because I have autism as well. Um, and I think, uh, I think he's, Mute King, I mean, I think Mute King has confirmed, like, he's at, he's at Asperger's or whatever. Um, so, I mean, I relate to that in the, on a more, like, a personal level. So, like, in a lot of, like, his, um, his entry. And then I would say just, like, Isaiah's story as well as a Falcon man myself, too. And I'm more on a more personal side too, I definitely just like can relate to like Isaiah and how like he approached the game or how he approached double just doubles and such, really. Um, just you know, so those are like the main two that I relate I just I, I related to the most, you know, for, for different reasons, I'd say. And did watching Isaiah's Falcon in the documentary have anything to do with you going, uh, Mario's not going to be my, my character anymore? Or what led you to Captain Falcon and landing on that as your main? <laughs> it's actually a really, that's actually a really funny story, actually. Um, so um, it actually happened because uh, my friend Malcolm uh, Rapid, he was a, he was a Fox Marth dual main at the time before he solo main. He switched to solo main Fox, but um, Marth Mario is a horrendous matchup for Mario to say the least. And I couldn't for the life of me. I was like, man, this this sucks. <laughs> you know, that was like that was just kind of what was going through my mind. I was like, this this really sucks. You know, and it was kind of you know, you know, what be a character? Yeah, that'd be fun. And you know, and I, I started just kind of I you know I picked Falcon one day. And I was landing all these knees, and I was like, "Man, this is really fun." And I started beating, <laughs> I started beating Malcolm's Marth really consistently, and um, you know, and this was before I think like a little bit before trial too. So like I had been dabbling with Falcon a bit. You know, I had always I had always liked Falcon because you know he was a hype character and stuff like that. You know, I always thought he was really cool, but I couldn't wave dash with him for the life of me. So I went to Mario at first. But, you know, when I found out that Marth Mario was, like, an atrocious matchup and I started doing well with Falcon, I, um, you know, I, I tested the Falcon a bit, in, like, in friendlies at SSBM Trial 2. And um, I think, like, a little while afterwards, I just started committing more and more time to him. Uh, my friend Jason, uh, who goes by the tag Amorosis, or I believe it's Ama now, I could be wrong. 
uh, and his younger brother Nolan that goes by Nolo. Uh, they, they were also the big influences of why I went to, I switched to Falcon because they were both Falcons, uh, themselves too. Uh, very stylish Falcons, I'd say that. Uh, Jason would hit, uh, he's the one person I know that can hit the sacred combo, knee and a Falcon punch on a consistent basis. I saw this for about the first three years of my upbringing in the melee community. And then, uh, my friend Nolan, I call him a baby, I call him, Squid the cat before he was Squid the cat because he'd be doing all these moonwalks, Charlie walks, and you know all this crazy movement stuff too. So I mean they were really you know big influences. You know and I just I was like you know what Falcon's a punk character. I want to learn from these guys and you know I was just I was enjoying it. And when I think about stylish Falcons, none obviously comes to mind, but also B bats because there was this one game I remember watching at the Bemi. Uh, tournament series by rollback rumble so you might remember this where like it's b-bats doing all these crazy edge cancels on yoshi's story do you remember this at all because i i can't remember any other um, details other than that that is uh that's actually you're thinking of salt actually salt the uh, the falcon player i believe or bab activated that could be who bab activated about. that's it sorry i apologize to b-bats that's on me that's my yeah. bad <laughs> you know b-bats is a homie but um uh, bab activated yeah bab is bab's a nut I'm just going to say that Bab is, he is an absolute nut with his movement. I've started taking inspiration from him with his Bab activated combo videos. Uh, really just pioneering a, a new age in terms of like Falcon combo video and just what sort of unique concepts, you know, we can do with it. I mean, I, I, I love Bab. You know, I found out about him when uh, someone referred him to me. I was like, wait, this guy's absolutely insane at the game. Like, you know, this, this cool, this dude's sick. Uh, so I, I know the clip exactly you're talking about, and I, I remember watching it live, and I think I actually was the person that clipped it on Twitch, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, and I was, I was like, you know, because like, uh, for Benny, actually, even though I wasn't like an official staff member of that tournament, since Jade was actually so tired, because they were exhausted, like, and I, I, I mean, I know we were really, I mean, we were, we were really close at the time, but we're even closer now, but like. At the time, I was, like, so concerned about them. It's like, I'm going to step in and do what I can. And uh, because Jade was so tired that they couldn't even, like, report the scores on the Smash GG. So I would DM them on Discord, like, what stage they were on, what characters were picked, um, who won the game. And, you know, I would just tell them this. And, you know, on occasion, you know, we would see something, like, really sick. And I'm like, oh, my God, you know, that's so sick. You know, we're clipping this or whatever. But, um, you know, I basically, you know, I kind of, like, behind the scenes did a lot to really, you know, make sure that, like, one, Jade got through that tournament okay. But then also getting to witness some of that crazy stuff, like the salts, uh, like the salt bad activated set, which is, in my opinion, that was the best set of the whole entire Benny tournament. I mean, that's, that set was just, it was absolutely hilarious. It was fun. It's it's just what you want out of a Falcon Doe and a melee set. You know, I, I love that set in particular, so I have a personal bias on that one. <laughs> and who would you say is your favorite Captain Falcon to watch? Oh man, uh, just of all time or just currently? Well, if you if you're too nervous to tackle the all time one, you can go with current because you know that's 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 fluid. That can change. Um. It, honestly, it's it's a good question to ask because I kind of take bits and pieces from every Falcon now, per se. 
if I were to have some comfort picks of choice or say, like, which, like, sort of archetype I fall under the most, I kind of have a thought process of a wizard a little bit of kind of like a systematic sort of style or very, like, this is how it is sort of style. Like, you know what you're going to get with a wizzy. You know, you're going to get your down throw tech, tech chases and your 20GX stuff. So I'd say, like, my philosophy or, like, my archetype, per se, leans towards a wizzy, but I always take bits and pieces from uh, Nun, S2J, uh, Squid the Cat, shout out to Squid the Cat, great kid, um, uh, you know, Bab Activated, uh, probably some other folks I'm missing, too. Uh, All-time Silent Spectre, absolutely love Silent Spectre. Um, uh, Isaiah, I absolutely, uh, Isaiah as well, I mean, not just from the documentary, Isaiah was actually super ahead of the game. Um, Bob, uh, Bob Money too, uh, my great, uh, great teacher and mentor, Bob Money, and just a ton of other folks, but definitely, those are just some of the first folks uh, that come to mind in terms of just Falcon stuff that I've learned. And now we're starting to get forward a little bit inching forward towards the present but at a certain point you're saying to yourself i don't want to just be a competitor and maybe it was also you saying maybe i'm not always going to be cut out for trying to shoot for best in the region or best in the world what did lead you to saying i could do other things around melee not just go and compete and try to do better than you know two and two that sort of thing um that's a good question uh I want to say, I mean, it's actually interesting how it came, apart, uh, came about. I mean, I had always had, like, a semi, like, sort of connection with TOing a bit. So, uh, the bi-weekly tournament series, uh, uh, a local tournament series that we TOed called uh, Phoenix Underground. Uh, Shout-outs uh, shout to Trevor York, uh, the founder of Phoenix Underground and Phoenix Uprising, because I played Smash 4 as well at the time. Um, we... Uh, you know, he, we initially would only host a Smash 4 weeklies um, from uh, for like the first couple months because I was also into Smash 4 as well. And I kind of pushed the idea because I lived really close to the store. I lived like five. I live five minutes from the store to this day. Just like this small venue. Uh, NorCal folks will know what I'm talking about, too, that are, that are listening to the podcast. But um, I really pushed the idea uh, for Smash 4 folks at first. And then... Uh, and then Malcolm and I brought a melee setup one time to one of the Phoenix Uprising Smash Four weeklies, and uh, Trevor kind of pulled me aside. And I was like, you know, he he respected it too at the time. It was you know, I you know it was like you know maybe we'll talk about this sometime. And then you know we got into a conversation a bit, and it was like you know what, let's start running, uh, turn you know a biweekly there. It started as a weekly, but it turned into biweekly. But um, you know we started out with Phoenix, uh, and then Phoenix Underground kind of came about like that. Uh, I will say shouts to Malcolm too. He still takes credit for giving the name too. I will get always give him credit for making the name, but you know that's kind of how it started about it. So I had like a brief gist in telling at first, but in terms of me actually taking the reins and getting like a bigger role or actually like doing tournament organizing stuff, it wasn't until around late 2018 when Phoenix Underground starting started struggling with a lack of entrance and activity, and I was starting to kind of get much better as a player at the time too, to where I can attract some folks. And, um, uh, the person I was tealing at the time, Kai, shout out to Kai. She was the person that took over for Trevor when 
Trevor got like a higher up job. I forgot where, where, but he basically, you know, he had a higher up job and he couldn't see you anywhere. Uh, but Kai, she said, you know, there's a chance that it'll close down rubber unless we get more activity. And I just thought to myself, you know, this is like my only consistent source of, you know, to compete in tournaments. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to put everything I can. So I would bring two setups every week. I bring uh, two CRTs and two game cubes every week. Um, I'd market events on, on the NorCal Melee Facebook page. Um, and I just did whatever I could. And we started out, I think, like eight people entering at the time, too. Um, and it slowly grew. We would have players like uh, Umarth would come in, who's uh, who was ranked top 100 in uh, 2019. Uh, Keba, who's ranked in NorCal. Um, who else? Uh, Rise, who was, uh, who's ranked in uh, Wisconsin, started coming to these. You know, I kind of just put myself out there and really marketed it as much as possible, both as, one, my skill as a player, too, because I was starting to get really good at the time, or pretty good at the time. But then also, you know, just learning the, the stuff with tournament organizing and that, that goes that goes all along with it, too. You know, I started really kind of diving into detail, too, and I would start seeding tournaments and such. What was the first few tournaments like for you seeding? Um... It was actually pretty, uh, pretty, uh, it's tough to say. I mean, I would say it was kind of, uh, it, it was kind of just, you know, I just kind of seeded, you know, just my local folks with just who I knew at first. You know, I didn't think too much about like diving deep into research at the time, but I think what really helped is we had a, this thing called GARPR, um, uh, that would like keep track of like everyone's like tournament statistics and stuff like that from like the recent tournaments for like the past two or three months i'd say i was about i was like around uh, like around that time so i would always look at garpr as a reference and then uh kai would do like the like the preliminary seating at first and then you know be like hey can you look at this you know she asked me to look at this um and then i get some opinions from umarth because he was pretty he would attend a bunch of stuff a lot um and then i kind of just learned from that i kind of just learned from there and I would always double check with like just other eyes versus you know to make sure you know that this is a okay or whatever. But I mean that really is kind of how like the early stages of my toing stuff, if you will, started to take off. Um, and mainly just start off with that. Uh, but it wasn't really until uh when uh when quarantine hit, and specifically when rollback hit um that I really kind of started taking toing a bit more seriously with the quarantine hitting and such now you can't do anything in person anymore and online was delay based as it always had uh, been and everyone is now having to go on it and going uh, well i mean it's kind of okay if you live within like a block of each other right i mean but it wasn't until rollback when everybody was going, okay, so this is doable. This is very doable. This is really good, especially compared to other games. We really do have a great, thank you, Fizzy. Thank you, Slippy. So what was it like for you, though, at first, before rollback? And then you can segue into how you started to get more involved with online tournaments. Um. So, uh, so actually, so it's actually, so this ties into actually, the end of 2019. So it was actually a good lead-in. Yeah, so yeah. at the end of at the end of 2019, um, I had a really hard school semester actually, and I couldn't really attend many tournaments at all or TL or anything like that. I was kind of just stuck on the sidelines, so I would only be like a 
a Facebook event event promoter too, and I create the Smash GGs and whatnot. And um, it really sucked too because, like, at least for me on a personal standpoint, I was like the happiest I had, I had ever been. I had actually been uh, taking a lot of wins off of PR players at the time too. I was like, you know, I would just say, just in my honest opinion, I was probably close to probably getting ranked in NorCal, which was one of my goals just of that year too, or just like, you know, I was really kind of like dead set on, on that, just like as a competitor, because I was starting to attend stuff outside of Phoenix Underground. But um, when Phoenix, uh, when I couldn't attend stuff too, and uh, when Kai made me aware that just like financially, you know, despite how successful the, the tournaments were running, just it just was becoming not financially feasible for tournaments to run anymore. So Phoenix Underground closed down, um, I believe, uh, in late December, I believe December 30th is when they made the announcement of 2019. Um, that it's it's actually really ironic because I just like you know just just scrolling or wherever I saw that you know I just kind of saw that post you know and it it, it hit home with me too because I had been a part of that tournament series for four years. So like Phoenix Underground came and went and had a good four year run, and um, I was looking you know for probably the first two a few months of 2020 before the pandemic hit and we were in quarantine, just looking for a venue uh, for 95 Melee to find a home. Um, just like to, to just find a local scene for us to run tournaments again, uh, for also myself to have a consistent source to compete in tournaments again. Cause just with my own personal living situation, it was really di- difficult for me to get outside of a nine two five melee. I was always kind of stuck per se. So I, mean, I never really had the best of accessibility and we were actually really close. We had actually secured a venue and we were really close to hosting our first bi-weekly there. But then the pandemic hit and basically spoiled all those plans. Oof. And uh, so, I mean, it really sucked because I, mean, I was really excited. You know, I want to say it was a couple days from making the official announcement that we were going to host that tournament series. I can just spoil the name. I was going to be called Wired because it was going to be at like, it's going to be at a gaming cafe called uh, the LimeWire Gaming Cafe. So it was, uh, I was going to call it Wired. And like, we were so close, you know, and everything like that, you know, it was going to be a great thing. But, uh, it was really, uh, it was really unfortunate, you know, that it, uh, those plans just kind of fell through and never really, uh, materialized, but, uh, I was pretty dormant for a while, um, in the early stages of the, um, of the online netplay scene, um, and then, uh, Power Kevin too, uh, who, I mean, at that point, you know, we had been, you know, really close friends, you know, consistent practice partners, but also just like good friends, you know, we thought, you know, why don't we run a... Turn, you know, start a tournament series you know, for 925 Melee. So, um, and this leads to the origins of uh, my own tournament series that's still going on today called uh, Get in the Box. Now, you're wondering where that name comes from. Uh, that name is, does not come from a reference from Jack in the Box as the branding or like the graphics of it looks like it. Shouts to Midnight Blue for the graphics, by the way. Great, great person. But um, it actually comes from an inner 925 Melee uh, inside joke about uh, about um, uh, o- uh, a player named uh, by the goes by the tag of Odie. Shout out to Vance, uh, who had like a really excited dog or rubber, a little bit too excited and a little bit too sweet, and he would like jump on pe- uh, folks while that's um, you know like uh, and have like disrupted when people were just pl- trying to play melee. And uh, his dad would always say, uh, "We call him G Man." Uh, G Man would say. Uh, you know, get in the box, Robert, get in the box, like, uh, 
Robert because you know he was just being you know, a little too a little too rowdy as a dog. And you know we kind of just had a play on words like you know what let's name it as that as kind of like a nod to our to our local scene. And uh, it was very small at first because it was delay based and also it was only like nine to five folks or whatever. But then uh, I partnered with. Uh, I mean, I partnered with Trey the Trash, uh, Trey the Trashman to start tre- uh, streaming the tournaments, uh, like the tournaments as well. Um, it was still kind of a struggle at the time too because I personally despised delay based. I did not like delay based at all. Um, and I've got so frustrated with it at times. That's partially why I kind of dove my feet more into Tion because it just delay based just wasn't real melee. I can safely say that now, and I think a lot of folks would agree. But you know, it's like, you know, kind of a combination of me hating delay-based, per se, and then also, um, and then, uh, and then also just seeing that, you know, I still have to provide for the scene, uh, for my local community, really kind of led, like, kind of sowed the seeds for what would be to come when rollback, uh, when rollback emerged. So, what was your own reaction? Like, I remember seeing that green, <laughs> slippy face, the first day that it got dropped and going introducing rollback netcode, I was like, "What's that?" Had you ever heard of rollback netcode before? Uh, I actually did because I knew some folks that uh, did traditional fighting games uh, too. Because like my my local community actually were pretty well versed in fighting games. You know, I was a melee guy. We had some couple melee folks that dove in the tech end, like Ka- Power Kevin himself. And a couple other people. So we knew what rollback is. Or like Guilty Gear 2 which had rollback. So I knew what it was. And I was actually like. You know I was kind of fever dreaming a bit. I was like you know. What would happen if Melee had rollback? I don't know when like. In the beginning stages of quarantine. But I was thinking you know, what would happen if you know. What, please get rollback. Please get rollback or whatever. You know and I was like you know. If rollback comes back I'll start playing again. And then on the day. I think it was June 22nd 2020. Uh-huh. Um, rollback dropped. And, uh, and Jade and I had just started to, like, get pretty close with each other at the time, too. I started talking to Jade, um, because, you know, we were just, we knew each other for, like, a couple years. But, um, we did, you know, we started kind of talking a bit more, just, like, as friends at the time. We're not really dealing it. But we, um, a rollback dropped, and we both messed each other. It's like, we were like, oh, my God, it's like Christmas Day in June. You know, we were just, like, so ecstatic, you know, just, like, DMing each other about experiences we were just you know we were so excited that was like the first thing we did we, we messaged each other when it when it dropped wait were you were you finishing up that thought or i'm i don't know if i no, understood no, i'm done no I, I, I'm done. that's all i needed to say on that <laughs> okay so that brought that led you to get in the box you trying to continue to push that forward in the new rollback era and then you started to get into other events because we were talking about Rollback Rumble earlier, and you can lead with that one if you want to, or some of the other tournaments that you helped to make happen. How did you go from doing, you know, I'm going to do my own thing for the local scene to I'm going to do way more than that? Um, I want to say it started when I partnered with Trey the Trashman with Get in the Box. Uh, you know who Trey the Trashman is, correct? No, or, I don't. Okay, well, Trey the Trashman is a Sacramento um, chic player and tournament organizer. Um, he's got a great stream as well, too. Um, he was starting to, like, really kind of make uh, make waves in the scene at the time, too, with the stream. Um, and I was like, hey, Trey, you know, do you want to just partner up? Because Get in the Box was kind of struggling at the time. It's like, you know, do you want to 
stream this event or whatever. And he agreed to do it. And um, then, uh, like, when the roll, uh, when like rollback started getting big or whatever, and you know, he was like, Hey, do you want like graphics with us? And I was like, Yeah, sure. And then we hit up uh, our good friend, uh, Midnight Blue, and uh, he he started do um, and then like we kind of branded the whole thing, kind of you know, and had like all the graphics and everything like that. You know, we made it very official, and um, it was pretty small at first. But it wasn't really until we thought, like, you know, since rollback is a thing, why don't we make it free to enter? So there's not going to be any price for anything like that. Well, let's make let's make it free to enter, and all of North America is allowed. And we were able to kind of be the first sort of tournament series to really do that because all the stuff at the time was a pay to enter stuff like that. So we were kind of one of the first bits to really kind of appeal that sort of audience for folks who are like you know I don't really. I don't really want to pay for this, you know, you know, it's tough trying to find a job or whatever and stuff like that, you know, wanted to make it as accessible as possible. And we successfully managed to do that. And uh, at first, you know, these tournaments were actually incredibly stacked. We actually had, uh, we had Justice enter. Um, we had Umarth enter. Cabot entered some. Um, I think, uh, who else? Uh, Poppy. Um and then uh, I think this is probably this. I still hold this special to this day. Hungry Box entered one game in the box, which to me it was just out of this world. And uh, <laughs> I think that's when I realized I was like, wait, I can really do something with this two thing. If I'm just having randomly H Box, you know, it's funny how it happened. You know, um, it's like I randomly just see H Box, and I'm like, wait, is this the real H Box? You know, because he was unseated at the time because it was doing the seating. And um, I was like, it said Liquid Hungry Box. You know, and I checked the Smash GG profile, and I see the picture of my, and I checked the results in the mic, and I was like, holy shit, what is this? And the first thing I did, I DM'd a Trey, uh, Trey the Trash Man, um, and uh, but I was like, hey, uh, Hungry Box just entered this tournament, and he was like, what? <laughs> and then I DM'd Jade right after too, because we were starting to get get pretty close at the time, and. Uh, it both it just both Jade and I were just like losing our minds. We're like, what? What? What's going on here? But that was like, it was really cool. Um, for that term in particular, and also as a small note too, and a personal note is that uh, I got third in that tournament too. I had sixty four people, um, which was really cool too. So as the TO, I also did pretty well too. Um, only I got double eliminated by my nine two five friend and homie. Uh, Umarth, but Umarth was able to give Hbox a really respectable showing at that tournament too. Uh, getting Hbox to pop off, so I'd say it's a good accomplishment. If Hbox pops off on you, that means you were you were a threat to him, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that is very cool that you were pulling a little bit of a mini Kadoran, right? Because that's sort of the in my mind the 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 meme. Who's a TO and also a really good melee player? And the first person that comes to mind for me is Kadoran because I. Uh, Hungrybox has run his own events before and Mango's run his own events before, but like Kadoran's like running TMT pretty much or, or is one of the big TOs for the training mode Tuesday. So you were able to do a little bit of a Kadoran move there. That's really cool, Nathan. Third place out of 64? <laughs> you have to unfortunately get double eliminated. But you did very well. That's so cool to hear that. Do you feel like yeah. you feel like you're just still you still have room to grow that you have a ceiling that you don't see 
where the top of that is in terms of how much better of a player you can be, or are you just more excited by TO stuff right now? Um, I still believe, just firmly believe that I'm a player at heart. It's what I've been the longest. I mean, seven, almost seven years as a player. So I still see myself as a player at heart. But the TOing stuff really grew on me a bit. And I'm mostly focusing on the TOing stuff right now because I see a lot of just networking opportunities that can give me a chance to actually play actually those top players. Um, and I guess like some insight to drop some insight of like some of this networking stuff that's helped is I've been able to get the outreach to play uh, Ben, the up-and-coming Sheik player from Minnesota. I actually got to warm him up for SCL. And then uh, S2J, actually. Um, so initially, you know, ITO uh, S2J's subscriber bi-weekly tournament series uh, called Johnny Stock Wednesdays. And um, he, uh, um, and then uh, I actually got to warm him up to prepare him for uh, Wizzy, actually. And uh, I need three of Wizzy. So, I mean, just via through my TOing and my own personal networking, I've been able to get opportunities to play these top players where they see me as like a TO at first or just a here at first or a commentator at first because I do commentary as well. But then, um, but then there is like, wait, this guy is actually like legitimately good at the game. And, you know, and I tell them the wins I have and it's like, wait, this guy is actually like, you know, he's got something. There, you know? I mean, I'm, maybe I'm tuning my own horn a little bit, but, you know, that's kind of like the approach I went with it is that like, They'll see me at first glance, like, oh, this guy is cool, you know, he's a homie, you know, maybe I'll play him. But then they'll actually realize, you know, the work I actually have put in as a player, and they're like, wait, you know, yeah, maybe there's something more to it. But I don't know. That That's just my sort of just, like, projecting my viewpoint of how I've approached the whole thing, too, as a player, and just kind of how I've continued to approach it, just, like, beyond, too, uh, just with, like, some of the opportunities I keep getting given, or just, like, you know, keep reaching out to folks. So let's not beat around the bush anymore. We have teased this too long, Nathan. How did you come to start helping out with the Rollback Rumble Tournament Series? Uh, that's, uh, I think that's definitely that was the big elephant in the room. Uh, so um, I had, at the t- uh, like throughout the summer of 2020, um, Jade and I, we, we have like a very, like we had grown to have like a very nice personal relationship because we share uh, a bunch of other things in common. Uh, really i mean that's and that's just like it's just like between us to keep that between us and what we're, we share in common but um you know we would always talk just like throughout the summer or ever and rollback rumble wasn't really like a thing yet like you know the jade basically like went on a bit of like a uh, like a jade brand uh brand and all them were kind of like on a say like a tealing hiatus per se you know like when roll uh, when rollback first came out like after lacs i think they didn't TO a tournament for like two or three months and, um, you know, like during that time, Jade and I would just, we do so many things together. Like, you know, we'd play generals together. We'd play fall guys together, uh, because that was when fall guys got really big. Uh, among us, when among us started to kind of get big, uh, shout outs to amongst us too. Uh, you know, that's kind of like our core group of like best, like great friends now. Um, but like, uh, that's kind of, you know, just Jade and I just kind of just did a bunch of things together you know we, we just found out we shared a lot in common and um when they when the first scl like the first scl season happened uh rollback rumble was the qualifier for it uh jade made a post on twitter that was um it was like i was like hey we need seeders to help out with seeing these tournaments 
and I was still primarily just like a competitor at the time. Um, but uh, I saw that like no one was taking it, so I DM Jade on Twitter. I was like, hey, you know, not to help out. You know, I have some seating experience, or whatever. Uh, Jade, you know, and I got into a private call, and I think there was one other person with her at the time. But um, basically, you know, they just Jade basically just handed me just handed me the keys to you know go see go see this tournament. So I stayed up really late. I did all the manual research on every player that registered. Um, and just like, you know, I seeded it to my best of my ability. Um, I hit up, uh, Brandon Holman Waffles the next day cause he does seeding stuff as well. And he said like, yeah, this looks pretty good. And then, uh, yeah, we just ran with it from there. And I also, I competed in it as well too, because I was still primarily competitor. So I was doing TOing and competing on the side. And then just like for future, um, SC, uh, like, uh, SCL season one qualifiers, I just, I did the, I did the same thing. Uh, pretty much. Um, I wanted to kind of get into commentary a bit at the time too, but that didn't really uh, materialize because I think just you know I, I don't think Brandon really knew me well at the time or uh just like you know I think he was still kind of like going with what was comfortable too. I don't think he really, at least at the time, just didn't think just too much of me too because I was just kind of like I was just a small, a small fish helping out at first. Oh, I thought say. you were gonna quote Ken there for a second. Or what, what was the quote? Just that like off top small, of small fish in the pond, small fish in the ocean, something like that in the documentary. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, that's basically what I was. You know, I was still a small fish in the ocean, so I'm sure, like, Brandon was like, you know, he was like, hey, Nathan's helping out with the seating. Um, but then, uh, you know, Jade was, like, the, the one that really, you know, I kept close in communication with. And, um, you know, when I kind of hit, like, a really rough patch, you know, with competing out, I basically, you know, I was having just a rough time in just 2020 as a whole, like many other folks have. Um, and it hit a really low point in early December. Um, I basically broke down. I mean, I, was, I basically was basically on the verge of actually leaving the entire community as a whole because I was just, you know, you know, just quarantine, you know, and stress and everything like that, you know, the loneliness and not seeing friends and stuff like that. You know, it really started to catch up to me and take a toll on me. And, um,. Jade and I talked. I did talk to him. Basically, they were there. Basically, you know, basically, basically, just like I'd say, like one of the just the lowest points of my life. You know, some of the darkest days I've ever had. They basically were there, um, and they they allowed me to you know to talk. You know, what I was feeling and stuff like that. And um, I basically just I didn't want. I didn't really want to compete. I didn't even think of a thought of competing. And I was actually um, they had one last I think LACS because LACS was coming out the Ludwig. Uh, tournament lacs was coming and um uh, they had like one last i think qualifier for it for rollback rumble and um what was it and i actually uh what was it i was this close to not even deciding to see the tournament i think i initially i posted a message like hey i don't feel like seeing today go find someone else but then like you know something in me just i don't know changed my mind i deleted the message and so i i deleted the message like hey you know Still on the scene, you know, I didn't think too much of it at the time, you know, because I was still, like, really just distraught, just as a person as a whole. You know, I just wasn't really happy. I was like, you know, I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll do this, you know, I was, you know, I'll just do it and leave. And then, um, and then Jade hit me up, actually, about uh, five days of mail. I said, kind of to go off topic here, because that eventually leads into, like, the further rollback rumble stuff. I mean, you have to talk, I have to kind of. Uh, change gears a bit and talk about five days a minute because that'll eventually lead into rollback rumble but then but then um 
Jade hit me up about wanting to do seating for Five Days of Melee because I found out Jade was the um, bracket uh, bracket director for it, and um, it was um, it was just a very neat, wonderful experience. We had a very experienced uh, TO crew. I found out too, um, and it just made me feel very welcomed. Uh, and I uh, you know at first I wasn't invited invited to like the the official staff server, uh, Jade, Jade I, I forgive Jade for this to this day because they, they were doing so much at the time because they were also doing stuff for Gallant Melee Open at the time. But um, they were too swamped and they they forgot to give me the official like staff Discord server that everyone was in. So I found out on Twitter that they were having this after party or whatever. And I was like, wait, I see the server. You know, I should be a part of it. You know, it was kind of like this fear of missing out sort of thing. You know, I was like really sad because, you know, I, I, made a, I made an impact on this event. So I scrambled around, and uh, I DM'd Jade at first, but it was unfortunate because Jade was just way too busy, too, and I don't really fault Jade much for that because, you know, at least at the time, I wouldn't say we were on bad terms, but just, like, I was on, like, I was on a low point, too, and I think Jade probably just wanted me to figure figure myself out, just, like, on a personal standpoint. Just, it's just my opinion from what, from what I saw. And um, I hit up Dark Gen X, and um, Dark Gen X got me to the Discord server, and... I wound I wound up being there, and um, I got to uh, talk to a bunch of folks too. We we played some games and stuff like that. I think we played like Among Us or whatever. You know, I got to talk to some folks, and um, I, I finally get to talk about this publicly too. I wanted to talk about this. I actually have never even told Jade this this day, and I've been I've wanted to tell this to them personally, but I think it's good that it's out in the public now. Um, the the Discord call that changed my life, or at least my melee life happened on that night on the after party uh, and it was a call between me uh matt.zeb um bonfire 10 spinda and newt um it was just the five of us and we were just we were just shooting the shit uh we were just talking and um you know i was talking about like imposter syndrome and stuff like that at the time because you know i was thinking to myself you know do i really you know don't really deserve to be here i just you know I just saw guys' skill levels, and I just, you know, I just seeded them properly, and that was just kind of my, my mindset at the time. And uh, Matt Dedzev gave me a lot of incredible advice. You know, if, if Matt, if you're, if you're listening, I, I really appreciate that, because I think it's gone a long way. But um, basically, you know, after that call, um, just after that call, um, it was almost like a domino effect. Um, you know, I, I and Matt thought Zeb would watch the. We actually watched LACS three together in a Discord or me Discord call. Me, uh, Matt thought Zeb, and I think a couple other folks. I think a couple of European TOs jumped in, and uh, this leads into Gallant Melee Open, uh, where uh, actually a uh, Deer, uh, Kevin Deer, who's been on, I think he's been on the podcast before. He uh, he joined the call, and you know, I was thinking about it too because you know I wanted to commentate more stuff. And Jade had actually hit me up to see that tournament already before even Gallant Melee Open was announced. So, like, I knew I was aware of it, too. And I was like, you know what? And I found out it was Deer that was running it. And I was like, I asked Deer in the call. I was like, hey, can we talk in private for a sec? I was like, hey, I'm interested in commentating. And uh, Deer was like, hey, have you, you know, have you talked to Jade? Because, you know, Jade's, like, kind of the bracket director and, you know, and stuff like that. And I basically, you know... <laughs> I still think to this day, this is like the best thing I came across. I was like, I'm actually seeding your tournament. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then, I'm actually seeding your tournament. And then Jade's also one of my closest friends. 
I think I kind of like gave, I don't know what, from Deer's perspective, I'd love to hear Deer's perspective on this at some point. Um, I think I like, uh, at least from my assumption, uh, I think it is when I was like, okay, yeah, this guy's a, a trustworthy source of Jade has already talked to him. <laughs> so, like, it kind of landed from, uh, kind of landed from there. Um, I still believe to this day, also, too, maybe I'm not giving myself enough credit or whatever, but I still believe, I still believe to this day that Jade had, a, had a very important influence in me getting that gig in particular. Whether they want to admit it or not, I'd love to, I, I still wonder about this to this day, and I'd love to hear, jade talk about that at some point but um i i'm convinced that they gave me you know they kind of had an influence in me probably me getting that gig a bit because they were starting to become a really trusted source and uh a big a bigger name in the community as well as i think they also kind of rigged the stream kill for me i'll i'll also say that because they gave me some sets that definitely favored my commentary style or at least you know they gave me like a falcon set because they knew i'm a falcon specialist so you know I noticed those little things. I don't know how truthful it is. It may be just like a placebo effect or whatever, or just like a coincidence. But I still go by the theory that uh, Jade pulled some strings to make that happen. I don't know how true it is, but this is just my opinion of what I thought. And that eventually leads to the rollback rumble stuff. But uh, that's like the general that's like the general rundown. And then that eventually led to uh, when the rollback rumble weeklies began again with NA West. Where, uh, you know, I started seeding again because I had already done it for them in the past. Um, and then uh, since I had some commentary experience under my belt, uh, I basically had more credibility. And Brandon kind of trusted me on the mic, you know, to start commentating. And I got to commentate the opening of Top 8 for Rollback Rumble NA West, the first one. And then I got to commentate the ending of Rollback Rumble NA West, the second one. I got to commentate the ending of Top 8. So uh, it was pretty cool how that happened. You know, it was like it was almost like a domino effect, really, of how that just all came about. And it all started with a friend of the program, Matt Dodzeb, has been on as well. And yes, you're right, Deer's been on. It's been so cool to talk to those people. But it's it's it it is people like Deer and Matt Dodzeb and Jade, people who are quote unquote established, or however you want to phrase it. But just it is it's so interesting how when you when you're talking to someone that somehow through the spirit of melee, through fate, however you want to phrase it, that it just pulls you back in somehow. Because uh. it's a very serious thing that you were considering about, I I don't think I want to be involved with this anymore. And that's valid. I'm not trying to say that that's, that's ludicrous or anything. That's very valid of you to feel that way. But then it just also somehow magnetically pulled you back in. And it's really cool to hear that it, it continues to confirm to me, like, how awesome people like Jade, Deer, Matt Ozeb, like people who are people who are in this community that that matter. They they are they're also nice. The people who matter are nice. That's what it seems to be more often than not. And it's really really cool. I also feel bad. I just want to shout out the Puff and Peach player who were going to be commentated by you, but then Jade allegedly would have said to them uh no you're not on stream actually this uh falcon ditto is going to be on stream and the falcon ditto players are like what <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know maybe something along the lines of that i don't know how true but i will always <laughs> that'll be a question to ask jade yourself i would love to know this answer to say or i'll ask jade myself at some point and it, 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 you know, I, it would not surprise me if you know if they refuse 
to say anything about it, you know, just out of respect. But you know, allegedly, theory crafting. Allegedly, right? I'm just, you know, I'm I'm suspicious of it. You know, just as as best friends, you know, I I I was very suspect. I was like, you know, you know, they really gave me a, a Falcon set here. Like, you know, it was, it was just it was kind of you know, it raised my eyebrows. I was like, okay, I see you, Jade. I see you, kind of. You kind of put me in this position here, and I guess like you know, and it, it went really well. I guess you know, and it, it just kind of it spawned from there. And so now we're here. It's mid-May, and it's it's so interesting to me. June has a lot of interesting things coming up, but it's going to be one year since rollback on June twenty-second of uh, in, in about a month and a half from now, and then in December it'll be officially. Melee being 20 years old, which is just so crazy uh, to think about. I can't believe that. So when it comes to the present Melee and the rest of this year, what comes to mind for you specifically? Uh, very good question. Um, I'd say really um, it's a very good question. Uh, I, I would say it's just... Really, just continue to do what I do. I mean, now that I'm done with uh, school. Uh, school. Yeah, let's for this go. Semester, <laughs> yeah, I'm very happy about that. But you know, once uh, I mean, once school you know concluded, I mean, I can really kind of just put just put my time a lot more into melee. Um, I mean, I had intended, you know, I I feel like I'm been a better like mental capacity and mindset or whatever to where I can uh, I can compete again, or I feel you know comfortable and I feel like there's some growth there. I have some good resources around me too, and folks, you know, um, uh, STJ is open to having me uh, take le- uh, take lessons from him for free because I've done some stuff with him in the past. Um, I have like more connections in and outreach now to other top players too. So for like from like a competitor's perspective, it's great because I feel like I have more resources than I ever did before. Um, to really just one help me grow as a uh, just grow as a player, and then like on the TO side, I mean, it's kind of just like just keep doing what you're doing. You know, I still, you know, there's still definitely some stuff to work out with like with the rollback rumble, um, gallon ga- uh, gaming folks too. But it's on just like you know, it's a good. I'm I'm in a pretty good place now. You know, now like I can actually like now that I'm actually like talking about it and like saying out loud, you know, I can say like in retrospect, I'm in a a really good situation right now. You know, sometimes you need to take a look back on it that, you know, I have Jade basically who I talk to and gives me advice, you know, on a daily basis, you know, both with just TOing stuff and networking stuff, but also just life. Um, uh, Brandon, whenever, whenever he's not busy, he's just a busy dude. You know, he will still keep me in the loop on stuff. I, I just talked to deer as of the recording of this podcast. I talked to deer a bit today about some stuff as well as, jade too so like you know it's like you know things things are moving along too and it's pretty nice you know and i'm just like part of me is like just really excited but also just anxious because you know i still just don't really i don't really know where i'm gonna go with this really i just i don't i don't know but it's uh it's really it's really neat to just see where it goes people like matt.zeb who are able to get big big old premier jobs and other esports brackets that or sorry divisions or industries whatever the heck but Matt Dobbs making uh, all the all the money or however you want to phrase it over at Call of Duty and 
it'll it'll make you happy to know that Matt Dobbs did not put a whole lot of purposeful thought into all the years that he grew the New England melee scene as a TO and as a head TO and then someone who organizes all these different tournament series and the New England melee circuit, all that kind of stuff. Wasn't really necessarily thinking about what's this going to do for me long-term financially or career-wise or what am I, why am I actually doing all this kind of stuff? Like, that didn't, didn't seem to put a whole lot of thought into that based on our conversation. But then at a certain point was able to leverage that into a job at Smash GG and then over at Call of Duty now as a some oh I forget the title but anyway good for Matt Dodzeb there are there are success stories like that out there and then you have all the people in Melee who are spurred on by the love of the game the love of the community all the passion that's here and that exists and I hope that you continue to feel that as well that you can say to yourself it's it's fun to be paid potentially in, in all of this at a certain point, but that also it's fulfilling in other ways just besides financially speaking. So I am not really one to hand out advice or anything. All I'm trying to say is that it sounds like, to your point, you're in a better place than where you were in December. And of course, that's just a season of life. You'll have another time, I'm sure, just like I will, we all do, where it's kind of like, uh, not feeling so hot now, and, oh, I'm feeling better, I'm feeling not so hot now, that you'll just continue to have people that matter to you, that are close to you, that can just speak to you while you're going through all that kind of stuff, whether it's good or bad, because the community aspect is very, very important. It's come to understand that more and more myself. So, in the future, it sounds like you have a lot of cool things ahead of you. And if I see your name in bracket, if I see you on stream at potentially, well, I don't know if there's going to be an SCL season three, but hey, if I see you <laughs> and your Falcon going up against somebody else on stream, you know, I'll be rooting <laughs> for you. And then hopefully hearing you on comms, because that would also be cool. Or just knowing that, you know, I, I know I'm watching this tournament that was seeded by Nathan Sandwich. So you have your hand in pretty much everything. That's very, very cool. Yeah, I kind of uh, a man of many trades. I've realized I'm definitely a guy that I, I do. I do a lot of things. Is one thing I've realized now too. And I think uh, to tag along your point too, I think the the community aspect is honestly why I think I I stayed around really. Um, and just the the wonderful people really that I met. I mean. A lot of people come to mind. Jade, probably the first one to come to mind. Power Kevin, uh, Brandon, um, so many other people. Bob Money, stuff like that. You know, th those folks really come to mind and uh, maybe realize, you know, there there's a reason to stay, you know. Um, and I think that's really why I kept going to. And then that eventually lead to me, led to me just meeting a bunch of other wonderful people. And it also... Tag on your comments too. I mean, uh, we'll see. You know, but I really appreciate the kind words on that too. On the um, just like you know, whatever whatever I do, whether it's commentating, uh, I see the tournament or actually competing. So uh, you know, I'll probably be around somewhere in some capacity, I guess. <laughs> exactly. So let's go ahead and give you an opportunity here to offer any more closing thoughts that you have. Tell the people where they can find you. All that kind of fun stuff. Um, I, uh, well, you can follow me on Twitter at Nathan sandwich on Twitter. Um, and then also, uh, if you want to follow me on Twitch, uh, you can, uh, it is twitch.tv slash Nathan sandwich. 
Um, I kind of just do a lot of things. You know, I try to stream a bit more as well. Um, you know, really just kind of just doing just a bunch of bunch of stuff. I mean, I'm just curious to just what the future has to offer. I mean, we just don't, I personally just don't know where I'll be at, you know, where I'll be at by the end of the summer or even just like in the next month, you know, it's just, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of things going on. You know, I'm just curious to just see uh, where it goes. And Nathan Sandwich, I wanted to thank you one more time. Thank you so much for being with, here with me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. As always, too. Uh, thank you. Uh, just thank you for having me on, and also uh, thank you to anyone that's helped me along the way. Really, I really appreciate it. You know, it's made it's made quarantine just you know a lot more, you know, a lot a lot more feasible. So you know who you are, and I, I thank you a lot for it. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right, transition. Woo, you made it. All right, congratulations, congratulations. We made it through the Nathan Sandwich interview together. That's right, I was listening this whole time. No, I wasn't. Okay, now let's talk about some other things that happened that I felt that I needed to talk about. We had a failed segment called, well, we didn't even come up with a name. Nobody talked to me about a name for a Twitter segment where I read about tweets on Twitter that I find relevant to talk about on my podcast to close it up when most people are done listening by now when they realize oh no jesse's gonna rant for like 7 10 20 minutes i don't plan on doing it for 20 minutes today but i did get another shout out from jade very very nice individual jade wrote this tweet during our at bsm pod episode at young waff was like jade is so prompt you tell them you need X, Y, Z done by today, and then two minutes later, okay, done. And I'm just over here like, no, Brandon is just way too kind. Then I realized maybe he's right, LOL. And there's a screenshot of Jade saying to another person, uh, safe state actually, okay, minor breakdown, ATM, we'll do right after. Safe state says, take your time, please. Literally one minute later, <laughs> done. <laughs> Classic Jade, just getting things done super, super quickly. I'm I'm starting to worry on Jade's behalf that maybe perhaps there's some pressure to continue to do stuff like this. But hey, there are times where maybe perhaps it takes you two minutes instead of one minute to get things done, Jade. And that's okay. That is genuinely okay. I promise you that. So it's all good. All right, so other than that, there's not really a whole lot that I wanted to dive into. There is the usual, when I say Twitter drama, it's not even Twitter drama. People just find things to tweet about, and we tweet about them back and forth and keep it moving. So, and and I guess the other thing I want to say is that that's not really my big shtick anyway. If it was, I would probably lead with some hot takes or hot Twitter tweets and be like, go follow me on Twitter at Cypher003 at Pod and check those those all out. But I'm not really the big getting into it individual. Oh, you know what? I can't believe I forgot to mention this. This this is such a deserving thing, and I feel bad that it's at almost at the end, at the very, very end when not everybody will be listening. But what an incredible performance by Two Saint winning Ginger's Pot of Gold 2 winning that over S2J. 
and winning two Game 5 sets to beat S2J as well. A Game 5 set in winner's finals, and then when S2J came back up from loser's finals to go against Toussaint and Grands, Toussaint beat S2J in a five-game set again. What an incredible performance. I mean, is this the best Jigglypuff in the online era? <laughs> <laughs> There's a hot take. <laughs> But for, for, for real, when's the last time? When's the last time Hungrybox won an event? <laughs> I feel so bad. Okay, this is about Two Saint. Two Saint played so well, played really well to beat to beat S2J, to beat other players on the way up to a first place performance, and in a really great event ran by Luminosity Gaming and Ginger, who, by the way. Ginger is a sponsored player of Luminosity Gaming, and Ginger was telling the people on Twitter that the staff that was helping to run the event was going to get paid for doing that, and that is awesome. Pay the staff if you can, if you have the resources. We all get it. Sometimes you run stuff off of passion and love and almost a, almost a romantical feeling, but if you can pay the staff, then that is so, so cool. We were just talking to the Rollback Rumble team in the last episode before this one here with Nathan Sandwich about the fact that there's not really a whole lot of resources that collectively they all have that they can use to not have to worry about bills, to not have to worry about this, that, and the third, that they can just do what they love doing. Yes, you can subscribe with your Twitch Prime or your regular sub to the Waffle 77. That's the Twitch TV link twitch.tv slash thewaffle77 on Twitch. Drop your Prime or get out your credit card and set up that monthly subscription rate. You can do that, and that is very helpful, but obviously when it comes to another extra person, two extra people, three extra people, obviously it multiplies almost and adds up like like a very big, all of a sudden, skyrocket launch to the dogecoin stonks moon phase where you realize oh my gosh we have bills to pay i am very excited tldr i'm very excited anytime people who help to run online melee events also are paid to do that so yay there are things that i'm that i'm thinking about in terms of i look around right where and I haven't talked about this in a while, so I might as well do it on here. And if anybody wants to offer thoughts, you're more than welcome to. I was actually talking to Wasabi about this on Wasabi's stream for a little bit. So if you want to hear some more detailed thoughts about it, you should go to Wasabi Sabi on twitch.tv slash Wasabi Sabi and go check out the broadcast of Wasabi's stream from last night, from Sunday night. So all that to say, I'm thinking about, well... I really like doing this podcast and I really intend on doing it for a while. So do I monetize it at some point? And my answer so far has been no, because what was it at first, except a random person on the internet, an unknown person on the internet, there were maybe, maybe there'd be one or two people in the community who would recognize my name because I've dropped a sub here and there, the Twitch prime here and there. I use my Twitch prime to support the Waffle 77 Twitch channel, but the point is is that I was not like a well-known player because I don't even play Melee all that much. Can't really do it except for on my own CRT, and that's currently in the closet. And I'm not an online fiend of 
content and all that stuff. So how do you monetize when nobody's really listening? And then you get a few people on and then that sort of leads you to more people and everybody's being really nice to you. And the people who listen tend to come back to listen again, just based on how many listens I have per episode. And I think to myself, so this is all kind of going in a good direction because each episode is averaging so many not viewers, but listeners per episode. So I know that there's a tiny little following out there who is willing to subscribe and to listen to subsequent episodes, to listen to my voice. Mixed in with somebody else's, that is fair, but still being hosted by me, not being hosted by somebody like Toph or a top player like Leffen. And they want to listen. So that's very helpful. I love that. So why would I try to make money off of you? Most of the time, it would be making money off you, the listeners, in terms of a Patreon, another sort of donation link source, or maybe merch, where you do get something cool for yourself, but it's still with the idea of supporting me. You weren't going to buy a t-shirt necessarily for any other reason that day. (laughs) Or what about this, that, and the third? it, It goes on and on. What about getting corporate people to shell out some advertisement money right that would be what i would think to myself as the way to go but then i also say but it's not from melee right i'm not necessarily helping someone in melee who's also helping me what about this whole merch thing what website is out there that a melee person is specifically involved in where it would help them if i were to choose that place to sell merch through This is all me spitballing, by the way. I don't have actual serious plans to do any of these things. Wasabi was very nice about it because he was saying to me, there's a few different things that you can do potentially to add value. And these are all all valid things that you are considering. But Jesse, this is Wasabi saying this to me, Jesse, I... I think that f- your, your your heart is in the right place where you're trying to do the best you can and to enjoy it and not to switch doing podcasting from having fun with it and being driven by the internal motivation and passion of the love of Melee, turning that into money, 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 money. Like, that's a good thing that you're not immediately trying to go all the dollar signs. So I have this thought in my brain because of the fact that my dad talked to me about it was like oh jesse cool your podcast is doing numbers sort of (laughs) they're really fairly modest still but are you going to monetize and i'm like i mean i I just really want to not think about it but at the same time i've been doing the podcast like long enough but not long enough it's just so complicated i haven't been doing it long enough where monetizing makes sense in a lot of ways but I've been doing it long enough where monetizing does make sense even if it's a small teensy teensy little pennies per thing sort of operation right because it's still something that then helps me to see growth if it goes from a few pennies to a few dollars to a few big dollars massive dollars I don't know but all that to say If you have any feedback, you're more than welcome to tweet at me and offer feedback. It's not really something that I'm trying to make a big deal out of. So 
maybe don't tweet it about me. Maybe just send me a DM on my personal handle at Cypher003. Maybe you could just do that instead of a actual post tweet or tweet post or tweet. No, it's just a tweet. <laughs> you don't have to do that. You don't have to really do anything. The only call to action that I truly have is for you to come back for the next episode, which I'm very excited about. I'm always excited about the next episode, so I hope you are as well. I'm thinking about it because and mentioning it on the podcast because I want there to be a growth process as these podcasts continue on the internal behind the scenes stuff I'm not always forthcoming with but every now and again I want to emerge from the behind the scenes curtain to raise the questions where I can come back to this podcast years from now and listen to this particular segment if I chose to and I could hear where I was at at that time. This is not specifically a diary or a journal that I'm trying to keep because mostly I'm trying to talk to people about Melee. But when we're done with the interview, a lot of people probably, I don't know, the metrics don't tell me anything other than who listened to an episode. It's not like here's when they cut out or when they skip to or anything. It doesn't show me any of that. But I have to assume, right, that a lot of people just tune out after the interview's over. So this is me sort of taking my own time and my own space because it's my podcast to talk about different things, including whether or not to monetize. And as of right now, for future Jesse and for all listeners, present or future, I am currently undecided on monetization, but it's been on my mind because I've been directly talked to about it. And so then I think about it and then I go, Am I making the wrong decision? I start to question myself. I start to go through that whole process where it's like, ah, 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 and it's almost as if it would have been a lot better if no one had just talked to me about it so I could just continue being naive about it almost. <laughs> but I had to think about it. So I'm going to finish up processing here to say, I'm still thinking about it, but I don't want to monetize. That's where I am right now. I just don't want to do it. At some point, maybe. At some point, at some point, yes. I don't know as of now. But right now, no, not going to do it. That's pretty much it. I have been talking for 13 minutes, so let's let's keep it rolling here so that you can get on with the rest of your day. Again, thank you for listening. Excited to talk to you again in the next episode. We'll catch you then.